Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a great clap offering. That was tremendous worship. Amen. Had an awesome, awesome worship. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're excited. Amen. As we continue our series, we've been on a series called Vision. Amen. Come on, somebody. Vision, vision. And, and, and uh, I just want to just encourage you as we continue. We're going to be going into the, uh, April with vision. Come on, somebody. We're going to take it into April with vision as we continue with vision. See, April 15, church, is going to be our 15-year anniversary. Come on, of the church being planted. 15 years ago, April 16, the Lord has sent us out. Amen. To, to plant a church and to continue just doing the work of God. And it was a few of us that started. And all of a sudden, you can see what God does. Come on, God brings the increase as you stay faithful to what God called you to do. Amen. I want to minister this morning on the vision takes teamwork. The vision takes teamwork. Amen. Ecclesiastes, go with me, Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Excuse me, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Verse 9, when you have it, say amen. Verse 9 says these words. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall and one lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Here goes verse 12. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a thirdfold cord is not quickly broken. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for your presence that's in this place. Thank you for everything that you are doing in this house. I thank you for everyone that's here today. God, I pray you will speak to them. Lord, that you will begin to reveal to them great and mighty things, oh God, that you will show them, God, that you have a purpose for their life that they are valuable, Father God, and they have a destiny and a purpose linked up to this vision, God. And I pray that you begin to unravel everything out to them. They will begin to see what you have for them, Father. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. Give the Lord a great clap offering, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, uh, the reason why I love to clap, because in, in the Old Testament, the Bible talks about the shadows, and, and, but what they would do, is they would get to places where they would walk, and then what they would do, they would clap like that to anything that was in the dark or anything that was hiding would get spooked. And so every time you clap and you're spooking the devil, praise the Lord. Every time you clap, you spook him. Like, oh my God, he's worshiping God. Come on, somebody. That's why I love to clap, amen, because it, it scares the hell out of the devil. Hello, somebody. That was for free this morning. Amen. Here in the book Ecclesiastic is a powerful book and it's laid out with a lot of information for us. And, and I like it because it, there's some insight in the book of Ecclesiastics, it talks about how we should view life and how God moves. And it talks about how, the, the, how, how God done a lot of things and how, listen closely, how the seasons change and things happen and how life is vanity. And, and it's, you know, sometimes we can get caught up with life and, and, it, and into all these things and materialistics, which is just vanity and they fade away. It talks about how there's seasons in our life. Season to live, season to die, season to plant, season to, to take. And he talks about all these great things. And here he's laying out a, a, a beautiful picture here that, that is, 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 is laid out for us to understand the value of friendship, the value of, of, of working together, the value of teamwork. I believe he's talking about teamwork, of working together. Come on, somebody, and working together. And, and before you and I came to Christ, we always had the mindset, well, I don't need nobody. I can do it myself. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't need nobody. I can do it myself. I don't need nobody. That was the type of attitude we had. We had, we had the Lone Ranger attitude. And anybody with us was tonto. 
I don't know if you remember that Sheldon Ranger and, and, and Tonto. Amen. And, and so that was the type of attitude we had was, was, was that we thought we don't need nobody. I don't need nothing. Uh, you get thrown out of your house. I don't need this. I don't need that. And we always had that Lone Ranger attitude, that Lone Ranger spirit. But the Bible says this in verse 9. It says that two are better than one. He's telling us, come on, somebody. You, you got to understand. He goes, two are better than one. Now, I love this because this is a statement that the Bible says, I believe he's talking about teamwork. I believe he, he's telling us, yeah, you need to work together to accomplish what God has for you. Come on, you need to work together. Uh, the Bible says this, that, that, that two are better than one. Sam Wilton, he's the guy, if you always see those signs that say teamwork or attitude. Have you seen those big old posters? They have them like that. One of his signs says this on teamwork. It says, one person seeking glory doesn't accomplish much. Success is the result of people pulling together to meet one common goal, which is teamwork. Wow. If we're going to fulfill vision, it takes teamwork. There is more power when two work together. There's a proven fact that there was this man and, and he was pulling a car and they were pulling a car and, and he was pulling, it was about five to 600 pounds and by himself, he was pulling it and he began to pull it and, and, and they linked up another man with him and they were able to pull over 2,500 pounds together. In, in reality, logically, it should only be 1,200 pounds the most. But because they came together, they were able to pull even beyond that, over 2,500 pounds, because there is power in teamwork. There is power in working together. More can be done when we come together as a church. Amen. You are seeing a beautiful picture of what God did over 15 years ago. We weren't in this place. We were at a church on, in, in Chapel Street. We, we, we let us borrow that church there. We were using that church. And there was probably about maybe we started like it was me, my wife, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, uh, um, the, 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 all the siblings there. And, and then about three or four guys in the home, I think it was Lawrence, uh, Jason, and a couple other guys. It's funny, maybe 10 of us the most. And we started there. And we started hitting it. And nobody was showing up. But I had a vision. I had a purpose. Come on, somebody. I, 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 now, now, listen closely what the word vision means so you can understand what vision means. Vision means this. Simply a mental image of what God would do in the future, maybe or maybe not. Wow. Listen to this. A mental image of, a, of what the future will or can become. God showed me a picture. Edgy, this is what I want to do with you, and it's going to look like this. But right now it looked like this. There was nobody there. No other chairs were empty. Two people were saying amen, and that was my wife and me. But I, I believe God had a purpose. I believe there was a vision. God sent us out with a vision. God, I had a mental picture. I had a mental dream. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was reading, to, reading to, um, to the leadership this morning on what God told me. And we got sent out in 2004, and I was reading something God gave me in 2003. And he, he has said, I want to put you in a place where I'm going to use you to reach out to others in a place that others can, but you will, and you're going to stretch out and embrace families. That was in 2003, and we're doing that right now. Come on, somebody. We are reaching our borders beyond borders, and, and we are breaking things. Because why? It's because people decided to work together. Some say together. Together. People decided to work together. If you have your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 10. 
1 verse 10 says these words. 1 Corinthians. When you have it, say amen. Now I plead to you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. He's saying we need to begin to speak the same thing. Come on, have the same language. If you notice all this month, if you're here for your first time, we love you. We want to meet you afterwards. We have a thing called Connect Corner out here. We want to connect with you. We want to pray with you. We want to, whatever you need from us, we're here to help you. And, and we have stuff that you can listen to, podcasts, and get and catch up with what we're, do, we're doing. Um, we're, we've been talking about vision and what our vision is and, and what our church uh, is pushing for and how we're helping people and what we're doing. Our vision is to reach the lost at any cost, to teach them the word of God, to mend their hurts and get past their pains, and to send them back into their families healthy and into the society healthy and into the ministry that God can use their life. So we're reaching, we're teaching, we're mending, we're sending. We talked about that. We talked about fulfilling the vision is when we all come together. We talked about how we're going to move it. We move it in unity, have a spirit of unity, being united. And we talked about the impact of a visionary, how a visionary impacted my life 26 years ago and how I'm impacting people's lives and how the Bible, men impacted other people's life to get them to where God wanted them to be. So when your life been impacted, you're supposed to help others. Come on, somebody. When your life has been spoken to, when your life has been changed, you go and help others. Somebody say help others. But as we continue to grow the church, as we continue to allow growth to come in, this is where the church pulls together. So I say pull together. We pull together as a church. We pull together as believers. We are, we're unified. We're, we're in unity. And this is why he says we need to start speaking the same thing. That we are speaking love compassion, gentleness, kindness. Come on, somebody, that we learn to speak these things out and have the spirit of forgiveness. Someone say forgiveness. Forgiving everything and everyone. Wow. See, sometimes the enemy likes to sidetrack us and make us focus and get stuck on hurt and pain. How many of you have ever been through something here? How many have ever been hurt? If you haven't been hurt, get ready. Life will get you there. But I've been hurt, I've, I've been talked about, I, I've been, everything in it, oh, and I had to learn to release. Because hurt people, what? Hurt people. Heal people, heal people. And so we have to learn to let our, our, our pain go, let our hurt go. We have to learn to forgive, we have to learn to let go. And we have to learn to say, I, I want to plug myself in to where God wants to use my life. Come on, I want to plug into a place where there's a purpose, there is destiny, there's a vision. Because the Bible says where there is no vision, my people what? Perish. You guys are learning. Hallelujah. I like this place. And so, so I want you to understand God wants us to develop teamwork. That means working side by side. Backing each other up. Not killing each other, but loving each other. Amen. I, how many know sometimes we want to kill each other? But don't kill each other, love each other. When I first got saved, I, I had problems, I had issues. I don't know any of you guys, but just me. I had anger issues. I always wanted to fight. I wanted to fight everybody. And one day I was in the church, and, and one day this guy was talking, and I got mad, and so I stabbed him. Yes, I stabbed him. So I want you guys to feel better about yourself. That was 25 years ago. I just got saved about a year and a half, and, and my pastor tells me, what are you doing? Don't beat the sheep, feed the sheep. I'm like, oh, okay. 
But that's all I knew. That's all I knew was, okay, let's handle this. Do it. And he's like, no, you can't do that, Edgy. If you want to help me, you need a change. If you want to help me, you can't act like that. I'm like, okay. You, Edgy, you can't, you can't have that same attitude. Okay. Now, like, I was saying okay, but my heart was saying, huh? Huh? I don't get this. Because it was new to me. Church was new. They were preaching on vision, preaching we're going to take the cities, preaching we're going we're gonna to take neighborhoods, and we're going to help people. I'm like, I need help. I got issues. Somebody reach me. <laughs> and, 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 he would, and they would say things like this, get past your hurt. You can't say hurt because you're not going to go nowhere. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. So all these things that I'm telling you is what he was telling me to help me to get out of the place that I was stuck at. To help me to get part of a team, to get part of the work of the ministry. Colossians chapter 3, as they're with me, Colossians chapter 3, I want you to see this. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. 3.12. When you have it, say amen. 3.12 says these words. Therefore, as the elect of God, mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. Now, now look, right before that, I, I want you to see... Um, the same, same Colossians chapter 3, it says in verse 1, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Seek your mind on the things above, not on the things of this earth. For you died, your life is headed with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appeared, then you also were appeared with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members, yourself which are on this earth, fornication, uncleansiness, passions, evil desires, controversy, which is adultery. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. I'm like, man, he's saying, Eddie, that's not you no more. You're not that person. And that's what God is saying to you. We're not that person no more. We're not walking like that. We're not walking in disobedience. We're not walking in anger. We're not walking in hurt. We're not walking in fornication. He said, that ain't you. Say, that's not me. It's what he's saying. He's saying we were once like that. Because sometimes we can forget that, oh, no, not me. I never did nothing wrong. Yes, you were. You were the worst one. You see some of these ladies, they look all dignified. Oh, Lord, if they give their testimony, well, I'll run. I'm more scared of the ladies' testimonies than the men's. You can see the men's testimony coming, but the girls, oh, my Lord. Come on, Lulu, amen. You see Lulu all dignified right here. God bless you, shaking your hand. Stand up, Lulu, they can see you. Look that way, all dignified. Look at her. She was, she was robbing banks and robbing stores. At, the cops are looking for her all over the place because she just wanted her dope money. But oh no, look at her now, praise the Lord. That scares me. You don't know what you're going to know what you're sitting next to. But that ain't her no more. That ain't us no more. Come on, somebody. Now that we've been impacted, now that we've been impacted, we impact others. We give other people hope. We give other people, amen, uh, encouragement. We give other people that there's purpose and there, there's something great for your life. Can someone say amen? amen. And that we don't focus on what we used to be, but a focus on what God wants us to be. Amen. And so he goes into all this stuff, and I love what he says here. He goes on, he says, but now you, you yourself are to 
put off all these things. And he goes on and goes, now I need you to even, see, look, he talks about what we used to be. But look, at now he tells us there's some stuff that still lingers on you. He says this, put off yourself all these things, anger, wrath, malice. Malice, the word malice means happy when somebody gets hurt. The blaspheming, filthy language out of your mouth. Why is it that he tells us we were once this, but then he tells us to put his other stuff away? Because for some reason we get saved, we love God, but we have a, a problem with anger. We get angry easy. We get mad easy. We, we want to throw in the towel. We want to run. And we want to fight. We want to get, I know what I'm talking about. And he and even says these words. He says, he goes on, he says, he goes, wrath. You know, you just want to just, you just want to just break doors and walls. Huh. You think you're the only one that broke a door? I broke a door too. <laughs> and he goes on to the other thing. And I like what he says, filthy language. Some Christians have more of the most filthy language as they get saved, but their tongue doesn't. And he said, you can't do that no more. You hit your thumb, whoa, whoa, whoa. You hit your toe. The thing like, when I ever hurt my toe, what comes up is, oh, shando. My kids look at me like. But, but we'll, we'll always find out what's in us when hurt comes, when pain comes. And he's saying, let's stop that. He says, let's love each other. Come on, let's back each other up. Let's work together, but we need to let that stuff go. Some say, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. We got to let it go. See, verse 14 says these words. I mean, let me continue. And he goes, it goes on and, and, and it says, do not lie to one another. Wow, okay, because he knows how much we are liars. I don't know you guys, it's just me. He goes, since you have put off the old man. Women, we're not talking about your old man. He's talking about the old nature. <laughs> Got to make you laugh before I make you cry. Here we go. With his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. He says, if you're going to be linked up, you're going to have to let go of that old nature, that old flesh the old way of doing things and put on the new image of Christ. That's a new, that's a new believer, amen, who accepts the love of God, the power of God, the change of God, the new creation, that song that we were just saying, I'm a new creation, I love that song because we are new creations, amen. The old has passed away. People tell me stuff like this, well, pastor, well, that's just the way I am. I said, that's why the Bible says you need to be born again because he knows how you were born the first time. You are born stubborn. That's for free. Look at verse 11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor circumcised, uh, barbarian, uh, slave nor free, but Christ and all are in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercy and kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against one another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Here, I'll never verse 14. But above all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Wow. Wow. He says love unifies us. When you love God, when you love the ministry, when you love the vision, you say, I'm going to work together for this. I'm going to work, amen, that we begin to reach souls, the lost, the hurting. That I love God because my life was lost, but now I'm found. 
I was blind, but now I see. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a great clap offering, amen? Again, verse 14 says this, and beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect, or the word perfect simply means mature. So let me read it like this. Put on all the things, put on love, which is the mature, the word bond means agreement, the mature agreement of unity. He's saying these words. He's saying, when you put this on, because you got to put it on, you have to put it on. Some of us, we didn't know how to love. We didn't know how to love. The only love we, we knew was a carnal love, was a fleshly love. We didn't know about the agape love. There, we, I talked about the fideo love. I talked about the agape love. Uh, and, and, you know, we, I talked about the other love, the fleshly love. And, and, but God is saying that we need to put on this new love. Amen. I remember with my wife, I, I, you guys always, I always tell you guys the same story. Because I didn't know how to love. I know the fleshly love, but I didn't know the spiritual love. I didn't know how to love, like, oh, thank you. Oh, you know, when they cook food, oh, thank you. And I'm like, why do you say thank you for it? I didn't understand how... How we had to thank you and love you. It was a different type of love. And that love began to break me. That love began to change me. That love began to take things out of me. I was just like, wow, the power of love, church. There is power in love. Love breaks things. Love will break you. When you look at a baby and, or a child and he hugs you and, and, gives, and shakes your hand or, or smiles, that will break you. When your heart is so much a stone, it will break you. God used all that. So God used my pastor's kids to break me. And I'm like, wow, they were just showing me love. And I was like, this is weird. This is weird stuff because our love was pat, slap in the head. You guys know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys. Because we all grew up different, and, but some almost the same. And so sometimes it's hard for us to, to love or to be part of something. Because we're always told, get out of here. Go, go, go play. Get out away from us. And God said, no, I want you to come here. Get closer. Work with us. Come on, somebody. God is saying, be part of something. Be part of a vision. Be part of a team that God wants to use your life to make a difference. Imagine this. A life that has been broken, a life that has been tossed, a life that just knew drugs, a life that just knew violence is now helping others. Why? It's because I allowed the love of God to break me to change me, to mold me, to equip me, to connect me to a vision and to be part of a team so that we can make a difference in our city, in our nation, in the Indian Empire. Can somebody say amen? Love is one of the main keys to teamwork, guys. Love is one of the main keys to teamwork. Again, teamwork simply means working together. Another word is means an effort by the team to achieve a common goal. We have a common goal. Our vision have, is a common goal, is to reach the lost. Does anybody here has lost family? The Bible, we talk about our vision is to teach. How many to be taught some things? Men, how many to be mended from some hurts? And to be sent, to be sent back to our family, to be healthy, amen, to our city, to take a city, amen, to go help in the ministry. I don't know about you, but it was the sending that changed my life. I begin to how to love others and work together to fulfill a destiny. Come on, somebody. Working together. Someone say work together. Working together. Now, the Bible talks about two men in the Bible that, that made teamwork work for them. Aaron and her. Aaron and her, the Bible talks about. These were the two men that held up the hands of Moses. So, they, so by the continual uplifting of the sacred staff, Israel might prevail. These men didn't let their pride step in or allow self-righteousness to take over, but they allow themselves to work together. Some say work together. The Bible talks about this in, in, in Exodus chapter 17. In seven, chapter 17, verse 8 through 13, 
one of the verses says this, supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other side. Thus the hands were steady until the sun set. Listen closely. This was the brother of Moses. And, and, and he knew Moses. I was just talking about this in my leadership class a little while ago. He knew Moses. And how many know you know your brother? Oh, you know your brother. You know, you know, you know your sister. And so he didn't let, listen closely, he didn't let himself get weird. He says, no, I know Moses. Moses is a crybaby. I know he's a crybaby. I know Moses, he stutters. But you know what? I'm not going to make myself better than him. I'm just going to help. Come on, I'm just going to help. I'm going to help my brother. I'm going to help my brother. And the Bible says that they held up his hands and they supported him. And they came together in teamwork and they begin to prevail and they begin to win. They begin to conquer all the Philistines. Why? Because somebody came together. Come on, somebody. There is power in teamwork. Someone say teamwork. There is power in teamwork, church. There is power in teamwork. See, there's, 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 this, man, there's this man in the Bible. I don't know if you know who he is, but his name is Jesus. And, and Jesus is, 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 pretty, is pretty cool because Jesus here... The Lord speaks to Jesus. Now go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. And I want you to see something powerful that takes place. I want you to see how Jesus, God gives him a vision. And then he begins to develop a team. See, because when God gives you a vision, God will always give you a team. Come on, God will always give you a team. Now here's Jesus. Now Jesus, the Bible talks about Jesus in chapter 4, verse 1 says this. Now Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being tempted for 40 days and 40 nights, mm, he ate nothing. And afterwards, then he had, excuse me, then afterwards it ended and he was hungry. I don't know about you, but I would have been hungry the next four hours. <laughs> but he got hungry. He got hungry, church, and after being out there in the wilderness, and he was led by God. He was led by the Spirit of God. God was going to begin to speak to him. God was going to show him something. And all of a sudden, church, the Bible says that, that the, devil said, the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, continue or command these stones to become bread. See, every time you make a stand to do something different, the devil will come knocking on your door. Amen. Haven't you noticed every time you start coming to church, everybody wants to give you something free? Every time you decide to come to church, people want to invite you to something else. Yeah, let's go to a baby shower. Let's go to a quinceanera. And you're like, huh? You didn't want to talk to me a month ago. <laughs> you don't hear me though. Okay, good, good, good. Every time you try to do good, the enemy always try to pull you back to do bad. All of a sudden, they'll offer you things they never offered you before. They used to always charge you for it, but now it's free. All of a sudden, it's free. Everybody okay? So here's Jesus, and he's saying, well, since you are a Christian, and Jesus, since you are the Son of God, then turn this stone into bread. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes back with the word. He says, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered to him, saying, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Wow. He puts him in his place. Now, here's Jesus God, God has been speaking to Jesus in the wilderness. God's given him a vision. God's given purpose to him. And the enemy tries to distract him. 
Then the Bible says in verse 5, Then the devil took him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdom of all the world, and, 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 and a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you. You are their glory, for there has been deliverance to me, and I will give you whatever you wish. Listen closely. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all this will be yours. Now listen closely. That sounds like a good, a good deal. He said, look, man, if you worship me, I'm going to give you all this. And he can say, man, okay, then I can reach people. I can help people. And I mean, sometimes the devil will try to mess you up and mess your mind. And he'll try to give you something. Listen closely. To set you up to think it's from God. And you all, it'll almost feel good. But just because it's good, it's maybe not God. Sometimes a good thing can set you up to a fall. And so here he is, and he's, it sounded good. It sounded okay, yeah. Oh, wow. But he says, no. All of a sudden, he comes and no. You shall worship only the God. Only bow down before our God, before Jesus, before the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And he tells them this, and he trips out. But he don't stop there, because I know the devil don't stop. he hits you, and he'll come at you, and he'll try to distract you, and he'll try to keep you away. The Bible says it. He goes on, he says, he goes, this and he goes, he tells him, then he goes and he says, this is the third time he says this. Then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a, on a high pentacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. It is written, you shall not give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him into an appointed time. Wow, listen to what I'm saying, church. Every time you start to do good, every time you start to change, every time God begins to deal with you and work with you, every time God begins to develop you and begin to give you a word and speak into your life, the enemy will always come and try to rob you. And he'll try to rob you and take from you. And they will throw at you, well, ain't you a Christian? Well, why don't you go to church? Ain't you supposed to have love? They'll throw everything at you. Has anybody happened to anybody here? I'm the only one. Okay, praise the Lord. Here we go. And he says, no. The Bible says that he left into an appointed time. That means he's going to come back. And he's going to come back knocking on your door again. And he's going to come and try to hit you again. And he's going to come in different times. Because how many here have ever, ever had a doctor appointment? And they tell you, okay, your next appointment is next month. I'll see you in six months. Hello. Because you're going to have to come back. We're going to have to see you again and find out if you're okay. Because the enemy always come and knock at your door and try to mess with you and try to rob what God put in you. You are a son of the living God. Come on, somebody. You are a son of the living God. Now, look at this beautiful picture. He, he, he fights the enemy. He's led into the wilderness. He fights the enemy. Now, look at verse 14. I love this part. When Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit... Listen to what happened. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted. But when he came out, he was full of power. Come on, he was full of power. He was full of change. God did something to him in the midst of his trial. God should be doing something in you in the midst of your trial. Every time that you allow God to do something, he's going to do something. And all of a sudden, the Bible goes on and says these words. And the news of him spread throughout all the surrounding regions, and he taught in the synagogues, being glorified to all. Here we go. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue, and on the Sabbath day, he stood up to read. Here we go. And he, and he, and he held the book of the prophet Isaiah. It was handed to him. 
And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, to recover sight to the blind, to send liberty to those that are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He's saying, this is what God wants me to do. He's given me a vision. He's given me a purpose. I got to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus is saying. This is what I got to do. This is my vision. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He said, you're going to begin to see right now the unraveling of my vision of what God birthed me for. What I was birthed for, it's about to happen right before your eyes. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you right now, God will always birth the vision first. And God will get the man to begin to speak the vision. And then God will begin to add to the vision. Because all of a sudden, the Bible goes on, church, and I love this. Right after that, Jesus starts getting his disciples. He said, I, 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 if I want to fulfill my vision and what God's put in me, I'm going to have to build men. I'm going to have to build women. I'm going to have to build a team. Someone say a team. A team, why? Because a team that works together can accomplish much more. Someone say more. More. And listen closely. Here, here is Jesus, 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 our Savior. But he said, I need a team. I need a team. The Bible goes on. He says these words in, in verse 5, uh, chapter 5 of Luke, verse 1. He says, so it was with the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake. Of, oh, sorry. I'm sorry about that. I went too far. I jumped really quick. <laughs> Where am I at? Mandele. Yeah, there we go. I'm sorry about that. Look at verse 40, 44. 44, chapter 4, verse 44 says, Now when it was day, he departed and went into the desert place, and the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving there. And he said to him, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because of this purpose I have been sent. He says, wow. He says, I've been sent to preach the gospel. Come on. I've been sent to preach the gospel, to preach the vision, to preach what God wants me to do. And he says, and I need to begin to develop a team. And we go on from there and he begins to uh, call the four fishermen. He begins to call Peter and all the guys. And they, all of a sudden they begin to get saved, church. I'm telling you why. Because he begins to build a team. Someone say a team. He begins to build a team and he begins to heal and, and function and do great things. But it took a team. Then he begins to send them two by two. Then he begins to send them to go out and minister. And he begins to cover, the, cover all the ground. And you know what the Bible says? It says these words. That these men who were uneducated and untrained turn the world upside down. Come on, somebody, because God uses ordinary people. God uses ordinary people to make a difference. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your background. God wants to use your life. You have a story. You have a story. And God says, God, people need to understand how your story unraveled, how you were touched and how you were changed. God wants to use you to make a difference. God wants to use you. God wants to use you to make a difference. Last week, I, I talked about the paralytic. The paralytic in, in chapter Mark, in Mark chapter 3, they say these words, and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. These four men, church, these four men, we talked about them, love, faith, understanding, commitment. They helped move the paralytic to a place 
of change, to a place of impact, to a place that God can do something in his life. And because, number one, because they loved God. They loved God. They, they loved God. They, they, they had faith in the vision. They had an understanding in the vision, and they were committed to the vision. They, they, here were men that God used to make a difference. God wants to use your life to make a difference. Come on, somebody. God wants to use your life to make a difference. Can someone say amen? Church, a vision is what God uses a church to work towards. To work towards. That means God's using us to reach people that are hurting. That's why we have outreaching. That's why we go to the schools. That's why we have an after-school program, because we want to reach people. Come on, whatever God is doing, we want to reach people. This is why we have our church open, amen, uh, for whosoever wants to come, our doors are open. We want to reach people. That's why we have a men's home. That's why we have a women's home, that we want to reach people. Come on, somebody, from every type of background. That's why we have a church, because we want to reach people. doesn't matter where you've been, but it matters where you're going. And we want to help you go somewhere. Come on. And that's how you plug into a vision. Helps you go somewhere. It, it's very important, church, that some people say, well, why are we not doing that? Why are we not doing that? Because we're not, we're not that part of our vision. But what we're doing right now is we're making a difference what God wants us to do right here. Come on, somebody. And that's why God says, I want to use you to make a difference. Some of you, church, some of you, God wants to use you because of where you've been and what you've done. And God says, that's why I reach you to change you because I want to use you. You want to use your testimony. The Bible says he overcame the, he overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their what? Testimony. Some of you, God has done a tremendous impact in your life. Don't, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Don't spin your wheels. Invest the time. We all of us have time on our side. Saying five years from now, all of us are going to be five years older. All of us are going to be five years older. All of us in five years are going to be older. But in those five years, what are we going to do with our life? What are we going to do with those five years? Are we going to waste them? Are we going to continue messing around and playing church? Or are we going to plug ourselves in and, and become different and to change and let God mature us so that we can be a mature woman, a mature man? Well, pastor, I'm mature. No, you're not. Because you're not being that spouse you should be. You're not taking care of the children you should be. Well, Pastor, I'm a mature father. No, you're not. Because you're messing around and you're still playing around and you still think you're a kid. You're not a kid no more. You're a man. Grow up. But be a godly man. Be a godly woman. Because on five years from now, you're going to be older. If you're 45 right now, you're going to be 50 in five years. If you're 50, you're going to be 55. If you're 20, you're going to be 25. But are you going to still be unmature? Or are you going to grow and be like five years from now? You know, I remember when I first came. That's not me no more. Now look at now I'm preaching. Now I'm teaching. Now I'm an usher. I work in media. I'm in the Sunday school. I'm in the ushering. I'm, I'm, I'm happy in the cafe. I'm making a difference. Because I believe in the vision. And when there is teamwork, the dream works. You've heard that. Where there is, where, where there is vision. Listen closely. There is power. I want to read these scriptures. I'll be closing with these scriptures. And, and, and I mean, I'm going to go over a lot. I'm going to pass a lot of stuff here for the sake of time. I've been reading that Proverbs 29, verse 18. It's been our, 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 foundational, our foundational scripture where it says, Well, there is no vision, my people perish. But listen to the, 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 the New Living Translation Bible says like this. 
where people don't accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. Come on, somebody. He, 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 he says, if you don't take the divine guidance, you run wild. You're like, you're running wild, a wild horse. You might be a horse, but you're wild. You're, you're a stallion. I'm a stallion pastor. I'm not a circus horse. Well, I need a circus horse right now. I don't need you to clap, but you can listen. This is time for a stallion. You ain't that stallion no more. Here you go, next one. I love this one right here. The, the message Bible says it like this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble over themselves. But when attended to what they're seeing, they are blessed. Wow. Listen. You cannot tell me there's no vision. Look around. Look to your neighbor. There is vision. Come on, somebody. There is vision in the house. It's evidence. You're the evidence. If someone's going to get sent to prison, they need evidence. If the church is going to be blamed for doing a vision, you're the evidence. Come on, somebody. You're the evidence. There is vision. Stand with me this morning, please. There is vision. You are the vision. You are fulfilling vision. You are, you, you are powerful. For all our new, new ones that are here today, part of the family, you are the reason why we do what we do. You're the reason why. Come on. Give the Lord a big top offering. Amen. This is why. Matter of fact, there's, there's, we have at the after school program that we have every Wednesday. There's two families here from that program. Come on, somebody. That is power. From, from going to the schools and reaching the people in the schools, there's families that are in here now because of that. The outreach program that we have, they go out, there's families here from that. Come on. Listen, even, even more impacting because of you guys sharing the vision to your family and friends and they're here today because of what you're doing. So the more that we continue letting people know there's a place of hope, there's a place of change, there's a place that will accept you, there's a place that will love on you, there's a place there, and who's in the house, his name is Jesus. He's the Lord of Lords and the Kings of Kings. He is the great I am. He's in the house. He's the one who restores. He's the one that heals. We allowing ourselves to be a beacon of hope when it takes a team to come together. It takes a team to be used. That's the same way a football team gets to the gets to the playoffs, and from the playoffs he goes into into, into winning the winning the Super Bowl. If you go why? Because of the team. It wasn't because of one player. It was because all the team, come on somebody, all the team. The reason why they get the Stanley Cup was because of a team. It takes a team. It takes a team to make a difference. For me to say it's been me has not been me. It's been the team that God blessed me with. Come on somebody, it's been the team, all the leaders, all the leaders, all the workers. It's been them. My job is just to continue feeding them the vision. I continue just feeding the vision, guys. I go, we can do this, we can do this. And all of a sudden, God begins to give them life and strength. And that's what, that's what vision does. Vision strengthens you. Vision gives you hope. Vision is like eye drops. You can start seeing better now. Because I don't know, sometimes your eyes get a little, little can't see. Like, oh, man, what is it? You need glasses. Oh, there you go. 
vision on like glasses to help you see better. See, I, I need glasses and I can't see past a couple rows, so I look back there and I don't see nobody. I see, I see spots. But when I put my glasses on, I can see everybody. That's why I don't wear my glasses because you guys scare me. Just messing. But a vision makes a difference. And our vision is we want to reach people. We want to teach them the word of God. Notice the defense of Jesus. He used the word of God to fight off the enemy. That's why we teach the word, so you can fight the enemy off. This is why we teach the word. And mending, why we mend? Because when we're hurt, we stay hurt. And we always, then we take it out on our spouses. We take it out on our children because we're hurt. But when you get past that hurt, you no longer treat your, 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 your husband like your father. You no longer, look at the husband, you no longer treat your, your, your wife like your mother. You, because of the healing process. And that's where God comes and begins to heal you and mend you and restore you back. See, the reason why when God brought Adam, when God brought Adam and took out Eve out of, his, out of his rib, he mended him up. The Bible says he closed him back up, he mended him, and then he gave him a wife. The reason why some of us don't have a wife yet or a spouse because you're not mended yet, and you're going to hurt them. God wants to mend you, mend yourself. That then God will give you the perfect person for you. Um, that was for free. a vision and God wants to use you to make a difference every head bowed every eye closed Jesus went through all what he went through so that you and I can have a vision for we can have a purpose in life he died on the cross he gave his life up church so that you and I will have salvation and deliverance you're saying pastor but you don't understand that right now I'm, I'm stuck in, in, in sin. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. My life is destructive, but uh, I don't know why I came, but I came. God's saying, good, you came because Jesus loves you. And he said, cast all your cares here because he cares for you. The Bible said, when we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. So he doesn't care in the condition you're in. He just cares right now that he wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. He wants to save you. And you're here this morning saying, Pastor, but I'm lost. God's saying, good, I'm here to find you. I just found you right now. You're here today and say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my heart. I need salvation. If that you lift up your hand this morning, I want to pray with you. Say, I need, God bless you. 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 God sees his hands. 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 Hands are going up all over the place. Every head bowed, every head closed. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I've fallen away. I've drifted away. I need to come back. I need to come back to purpose, to destiny, to vision. I need to come back to the cross. I need to give my life back to God. If that's you this morning, lift up your hand. I want to pray with you. God bless 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 you. God sees that hand. God sees that hand. God sees that hand. Have you heard this morning say, Pastor, I'm, I, I, I've been struggling. I've been struggling. And, and I need to get out of, of the place where I'm at, the hurt. You were preaching on that right now. I'm just hurting. That's why I haven't really connected to a vision. I've been struggling. That's why I haven't really connected to the church. But today, I choose today to connect myself because I need a change in my life. That you just want to lift up your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God sees those hands. God sees those hands. God sees those hands. Hands are going up all over the place. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, just Spirit of God, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, search our hearts. 
Holy Ghost, search us, O Holy Ghost. Oh, bring a strength to us. Bring a peace to us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. This morning, God spoke to you. God spoke to you. You lifted up your hand for salvation. You lifted up your hand for restoration. You lifted up your hand to let God move in your life. God spoke to you. I want you to come now, come now, come. Come to the altar. Hands will come up. This is the place where we come, and, and we're going we're gonna to pray for you right now. I want you to come. Come, connect, connect yourself. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, come on, come on. The altar is the place of sacrifice. This is the place we come and we let go. We let go of all our hurts. We let go of all the pain. We let go of the things that are holding us back. We let go of all the things that, are, that, are, that we've been fighting. And God's saying, come now, come lay it down. Lay it down, lay down the hurt. Come get your deliverance. Come get your breakthrough. Come get your change. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You, you, you are the reason why we have church. This is the reason why we have worship. It's the reason why we open the doors that, that you can come to the cross, that you will come to a place of repentance, that you will come to a place of salvation, that you will come to a place of healing, a place of restoration, a place where you can find your purpose. Anyone else want to come? Come, want to pray? Do you need prayer? Come. If you need prayer and God spoke into your heart, come now. Maybe there's something you're battling. Maybe you're in the place of temptation. You're in the place where you're battling some stuff. You're like, God, I don't, I don't want to go through this no more. God's saying, come, give me your issue. Give me your struggle. Give me what you're going through. Let me help you through this. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, you are worthy, oh God. You are worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Oh, we love you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to say this prayer. Say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, wash me with your precious blood. Forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and make me new. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. Lord, I believe in you. I believe you died. I believe you resurrected. And I believe I'm forgiven. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a great clap offering. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are not done. Just stay where you're at right now. We're going to pray with you as the altar workers help me pray for you. If you said that prayer, you have been forgiven. You have been set free. God is saying this is a new day. This is a new beginning for your life. This is a new start. And the only thing we have to do now is got to abstain away from evil. Stay away from the stuff that gets us caught up. Plug into a church. Read your Bible and let God use your life to a fullest. This is a new start for all you guys. Come on, give the Lord a great clap offering. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are not done. We're going to pray with you right now. I want you to just, those extend your hands this way, church. Help me pray. But the altar workers, help me. We're going to pray for you right now. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, 